Well, we've been preaching through the Gospel of John, one of the most favorite books in all the Bible. And uh, it's that uh, gospel that is great for brand new Christians to read. It's great for people who aren't yet Christians to read. And it's great for people who've been Christians for 100 years, well, maybe 50 years to read. If you've been a Christian 100 years, you probably not reading it, you're enjoying it. You're uh, already in his presence. But I'm, uh, we've, we've looked, we're in John chapter 3. Last week we looked at that uh, uh, passage where Nicodemus, this ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus, and he came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Now, Master, we know that you, are, you must be a man who's come from God because of the amazing things you do. Nobody could do the things you do unless... He's from God. And Jesus didn't take any flattery or anything. He just said, he went right to the heart of it. He said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see, understand, or enter the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus then said, well, I don't understand how that's possible. I mean, I'm an old man. Can I go back and get in my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus must have just shaken his head like, oh, Nicodemus, good gracious. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that unless you are born naturally and born spiritually, born of the water, born of the blood, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, Nicodemus then said, uh, uh, I don't, how can these things be? That's verse 9. And then Jesus answered him in verse 10. We're in John chapter 3, verse 10. And, Nicod- and Jesus answered and said, Are you the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? He said, you know, Nicodemus, you have been to rabbinic school. You have studied the Old Testament. You know all of the, probably had the first five books of the Bible memorized word for word. And he said, you, you've studied all these years, and yet you don't understand these things. And by the way, that can be true for us. Do you know that we can be Bible scholars and not know God? We could, we could know the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic, and we could, we could be experts in Bible information and not have a personal love relationship with Jesus who died for our sins. And so he said to Nicodemus, uh, I, I can't, how can you be a teacher, the teacher of Israel, not just a teacher? He actually uses the definite article, you are the teacher of Israel, and you don't understand these things. And then Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, that is what we have really experienced, and we bear witness to what we've seen, but you You don't receive our testimony. We're telling you the truth. You won't listen. And how many times I have felt that way when I've talked to people about salvation. Talked to them about forgiveness of sin. Talked to them about the cross and the resurrection. And and they just look at me with a blank stare. And I, I think, I understand these things not because I'm smarter. There are tons of people a lot smarter than I am. But I understand these things because God has made it known to me. And I'm telling you, I could sit down with a person who was 
super intelligent or sit down with somebody who has an IQ of 80 and I could share the gospel with them and no matter how smart or how less than smart they were, I could never convince them to turn away from sin, put their trust in Jesus, and be born again. But the Spirit of God can work in anybody's heart. And that's what he said earlier. He said, it's like the wind blowing. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. But it's a mystery. And God just works in a miraculous way. I have preached sermons that I thought were very, very poor sermons. I remember one Sunday when I was pastoring over here at Daniel Dale Baptist Church about 50 years ago. I got up to preach one morning, and I honestly did not have a sermon to preach. And I, on, usually by Saturday night at least, I know what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday morning. But I didn't. And then got up Sunday morning, I said, Lord, I sure am going to need a little help this morning. I don't know what I'm going to say this morning. And I got up to preach, and I just said to the congregation, I'm really sorry. I don't actually have a sermon this morning. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'll just read some scripture, and we'll go home. And, of course, some people love that, but, uh, but other people were a little surprised. And I just read out of uh, Acts chapter 9 about the conversion of Saul on the road to Damascus. And I just read that passage of Scripture, and then I just said, uh, what Paul said, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's the question we should ask. And I said, let's pray. And we had a closing prayer. Well, I wasn't even planning on giving an invitation that morning. I wasn't going to ask people who wanted to be saved. I was just, I thought I didn't even preach. And, but the song leader got up and he announced, let's turn to song number so-and-so and started singing. And I thought, well, that's kind of silly. I didn't even preach. And here came somebody down the aisle, said, I want to be saved. And then a minute or two, here came somebody from the other side. And then somebody else and somebody else. And I don't remember, honey, do you remember how many it was? Seven or eight people came and got saved that morning. And I, I thought, I think God's trying to teach me something. He's trying to say, I don't really need a great sermon. I can draw people to myself with just the word. And... Now, I had another sermon for the next week, but uh, and I got one today. So don't you know? Don't get all excited. Think I'm just going to read some scripture and let you go home. No, but but the Lord was trying to teach me something, and that is that I can work wherever I want to work and however I want to work. And I'm telling you right here today, there are some of you maybe you say. I really would love for my life to be happier, stronger, better, closer to God. How can I do that? If you want that, then it's God's Spirit pulling you, drawing you, saying, come to me, come to me. And so Jesus said, uh, if I've told you earthly things, and you won't believe, 
How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He says, Nicodemus, let me tell you who I am. I am the eternal Son who has come to this earth to teach you these things. And then he gives him an illustration. This will be my text and my message for this morning. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now he's re- referring to an event that happened back in Numbers chapter 21. When the people of Israel, God had just marvelously, miraculously led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, had brought them through the Red Sea, the water parted, and they walked through on dry land, and then the water closed and destroyed their enemies, and now, and then God led them in this wilderness and protected them, provided for them, and then they began to grumble and complain. And they began to complain against Moses and against God. And the Bible says that God sent fiery serpents out of the ground. And they began to bite the people. Now I'm telling you, shades of Indiana Jones here. Uh, He didn't like snakes and I don't like snakes. But can you imagine you're out there in the wilderness and you go to turn back the cover on your in your tent, and suddenly, the snake plunges out and bites you on the hand. And there are deadly poisonous vipers. And everybody bitten by these snakes die within a few days. There's no antidote. There's nothing, no, no anti-venom that they can take. And they begin to bite people everywhere. And I mean, folks trying to get away from them, And there's no place to run hide in the desert. And they walk to a place and step on, move a rock, and out comes one of these fiery serpents. Bites them on the foot, bites them on the leg, bites them on the arm. And people are dying. And they came to Moses and said, uh, excuse us. Sorry, we've been griping and complaining. We feel like that this is happening to us because we've been so ungrateful. And can you pray for us? And Moses prayed for the people, and God said to Moses, Take a, a serpent. Take, make a bronze serpent. Hammer out a serpent that looks just like these snakes and put it up on a pole. And tell the people, if you will look at this serpent, you'll be healed. And I mean, some of the people looked, and instantly they were well. Other people refused to look. That sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? And he said, but if you'll just... We're not asking you to do anything. We're not asking you to, uh, to, to run a race or, or we're not asking you to even take a, 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 any kind of medicine. There's life 
for a look. Just look. And the people wouldn't look, many of them. And the Bible says that many of the people died. Not just because they'd been snake bit, but because they wouldn't look. And I want to tell you, according to the Bible, there was a serpent in the third chapter of Genesis that inflicted a deadly wound into every human being ever born. We come into this world in Adam's line with deadly snake bite. And there is an answer. There was one lifted up on a cross that took our sin, that took our poison and allowed it to kill him. He was buried, raised up from the dead, and now he says, all who will look to me will be saved. Look unto me, and be thou saved, all the nations. And that would be my encouragement to you today. Look to him. Call upon the, the Bible says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, there are a lot of people today who feel like they don't need to be saved. They just feel like, well, you know, I, I, I'm okay. No, none of us are okay. Nicodemus wasn't okay. He was a respected man. He was probably a wealthy man. He was an intelligent man. He was a religious man. But he had been infected by the snake bite. And Jesus said, the Son of Man will be lifted up and all who will look upon him will have eternal life. You want eternal life? You say, well, I, I'm not so much interested in what happens to me after I die. Well, you better be. You should be. I, I'm very much interested in what happens to me after I die. And I know that I put my trust in Jesus and I know where I'm going when I die. He's made that clear to me. But it's not just life after death. It's life before death. It's life now. Eternal life. A good quality of life. God's kind of life. And God says, I want you to have joy, peace, love, kindness, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith self-control you say well, that's what I'd like to have well the Bible says those come as fruit of the Spirit of God who will come to live in you if you trust him call upon me and I will answer the Bible says call upon the Lord you will be saved now those who are going to be baptized today have done that that's why they're being baptized because they have trusted in Jesus. And in a few minutes, you're going to see them come into the water up here. And they will declare their confident faith in Jesus. And then I will say, because of your trust in Jesus. Because you've looked to him. Because you've trusted him. And because God has commanded us to be baptized. 
I baptize you as my brother or sister in Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then they will be laid back under the water. And when that water covers over their face, it is a picture of death. It's a sense you're seeing them be buried in that water. And then when I raise them up out of the water and that water falls away from their face, I always get so excited because I think this is a picture of new life, life out of death, life because of death. And every baptism is a picture of death and burial and resurrection. That's how you were saved. Hilo, that's how you were saved. Connor, that's how you were saved. By trusting in Jesus and saying, I believe that he died for my sins. He was buried and took away my guilt. And he raised up from the dead to live forever and offer to me, give to me eternal life. And that's what that baptism is a picture of. And by the way, if you have not followed Jesus in Christian baptism, I would invite you to come this morning and say, you know, I want to declare my faith in Jesus. I want to be baptized. We won't baptize you today, but we'll baptize you in a week or two if you want to. And just come and say, I trust in Jesus. And I want to put my confident hope only in him. So uh, let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this... uh, demonstration of faith that we'll see as these four come this morning to publicly declare their faith in you and to say I don't want to be a secret disciple I want to be an open follower of Jesus and then I pray for those that are here who maybe have not put their trust in Jesus Lord help them today Holy Spirit of God let your wind blow in their heart draw them to you and then I pray for those who maybe have trusted you but have never been baptized and they would like to also follow you in baptism and I ask that you will help them to come this morning and I pray it in Jesus name and for his sake Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.